listener. Now, I feel you need to know the lengths we've gone to to record this episode this week. Now, it is the 8th of March, it is International Women's Day, and women have struggled for many, many years. But none so as me this morning. And in case you didn't know, it has snowed. Is that right? Snowed? Snowed? (laughs) Snowed. It has snowed (laughs) overnight, and campus is closed. And uh, what's that I hear you ask? How are you recording? Well, I woke up and I got out of my bed. I got dressed and Adam's like, me, we're still recording the pod today. Like, okay, great. I trek to his house. This is usually a five minute walk. Today took me 15 minutes. I was slipping and sliding all over the place. There were puddles. There were cars. The snow was in my eyes. I had my umbrella up. I was dripping, dripping wet. I get to Adam's house. He's like, oh, let's just go to Pret. Oh, oh, shall we? Let's just go to Pret, shall we? Like, okay, fine. We trek to Pret. This 10, 15 minute walk. I get to Pret. I am soaking, soaking wet. And Adam goes, you look like a drowned rat. Oh, really? I'm, fe- <laughs> I'm feeling like a fucking drowned rat. I'm feeling like a cold, frozen, drowned rat. And you just had to point it out, did you? And I was too cold to have my ice latte. Like, what is this? So then we trek back to his house because all the buses aren't going. And uh, we get in his car and I, with Lucy, Samaya and Charlotte, we're driving up the hill. And then there's smoke <laughs> coming out of the car. And I'm like... Hang on a second. I've already risked my life walking on this icy, icy land. So long story short, I've gone through turmoil to be here for you. And I hope you appreciate it. And also, I don't know how we're getting back down because that car's not, it's not healthy. And <laughs> and um, I just want Emmeline Pankhurst and all the suffragettes and suffragists and all the feminists to know that that I'm trying really hard, but like... On this, an International Women's Day, I have struggled too. That is a disgrace. You're reassured, I'm reassured. Not another one. Mistakes were made. Pepper Pig World. Thinks he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The truth is he's Jabba the Hutt. He lived rent-free in his head. Tofu eating, woke karate. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of A&E Politics. Um, I am here with all of the guests today. (laughs) Do you want to tell who the guests are? Um, no, they can guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Bailey. We have Samaya. Hello. Hello. We have the wonderful Lucy. Hello. The wonderful Lucy. And Adam. I'm You've also, been demoted to guest. I'm, I'm also afraid. here. Yeah. I, I, I normally introduced first. This, this is, is Women's Day. Um, um, we are recording this on International Women's Day. Um, so happy International Women's Day, everyone. I forgot it was happening until I saw the sign outside Brew House that said there's a special pint. Thank I you can't believe brood for God women. Forgot about women. I didn't forget. I just forgot this it was is, coming out. Adam hate criming once again. Oh, honestly. <laughs> we'll <laughs> never <should> end. Start. <laughs> That's actually disgraceful. Get out of my pod. So today's episode, we're going to talk yeah, about. Rather, ra- sorry, rather patronizingly, Adam was like, "You can start the pod." <laughs> <laughs> that is not how it worked. Uh, Emily wanted to start the pod. I did. Um, so today we're going to talk about Boris Johnson, our favorite. Um, defunct Prime Minister, then Keir Starmer, and then we have breaking news about some awful asylum policy from current Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, and then we're going to have a big section on International Women's Day, big discussion, and then Samaya's back, and this week, I promise you, 
you're going to hear the game. <laughs> Nothing's going to go wrong. You'll be ever, able to hear baby. the game. It's going to be really, yeah. really fun. The pressure is on. We're going to have a great time. But um, yeah, so to start with, uh, Boris Johnson. There's a couple of Boris Johnson stories. Really, really quickly, we're just going to touch on his reaction to the Windsor framework, which we talked about last week, which very, very br- basically yeah. um, sorts out the issues there with, with Northern Ireland and the trade agreement, agreement with Northern Ireland. Uh, we talked about this on last week's show and the week, and the week before, so we're not going to kind of dwell on it too much today. But... Um, Johnson is not a fan of Rishi Sunak's Windsor Framework deal and said he would find it very difficult to vote for Sunak's new Northern Ireland deal. Um, and he said it wasn't the UK taking back control and he wanted the Northern Ireland Protocol deal to be reinstituted. Northern Ireland Protocol deal was the ability for the UK to unilaterally, which means on our own, pull out of the um, arrangement with Northern Ireland where the, uh, there was different trading agreements. So Northern Ireland was effectively part of the UK, EU single market, whereas the UK had to had a kind of a customs border in the sea between the UK and Northern Ireland. He said, we want to get that deal back, but the EU were never going to be a fan of that deal. And if we did unilaterally pull out of this agreement, the EU would have to put a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, which would probably reignite the, you know, the, tr- the troubles, as we call it, which was kind of the civil war between the separatists and the unionists in Northern Ireland. So all around a bad thing that and he's just being a bit of an idiot and doesn't have any takes on Boris Johnson being angry at the new Northern Ireland deal I think Boris Johnson just wants to say something like he it's it's actually ever so slightly annoying that we're talking about it because he's just this is one of my favorite things to say he's just irrelevant like like he just he just wants to have an opinion on something for the sake of having an opinion I think so yeah, that's my that's and his my policy is so fundamentally flawed and failed in this particular yeah. regard. It's just like I like I'm not a massive fan of Rishi Sunak. I think that comes through on the pod You're on this not? opinion show. Well, but this I thought ag- you were. I thought this was a Rishi Sunak like this celebrating is, this is, podcast. This is the Sunak out. Right, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. Emily's out. But um, the Windsor Framework is a genuinely good piece of legislation, and it's what happens when politics works. And like we work with our European allies to come to an agreement. And it's the best, if we're going to do Brexit this way, as we said last week, this is the best way of it happening. It's a it's a decent agreement and hopefully it works. Um, but the other Boris Johnson news is, do you guys remember Partygate? Do you remember that time when I they were... I am so excited that I'm still lockdown. recovering from the trauma from that. I'm still receiving therapy for <laughs> it. Yeah, so um, there's more. Basically, the Privileges <laughs> Committee has released an initial report into their investigation on yes. Friday. Uh, and they've said that there's evidence that strongly suggests, that's a quote, that COVID rule breaches would have been, quote, obvious to Mr. Johnson. When, side note, no shit. Like, clearly he knew it yeah, was obviously his house. They were ha- the, the parties were happening in his house. And he didn't know about it? How, like, like, what? Yes, it's a Downing Street, like they're big houses, but they're not that big. Like, yeah, no, he exactly. Known. He knows about it. He just stood it. in the middle of a room surrounded by people doing substances yes. and drinking <laughs> and covering his eyes, going, I can't see anything. Nope, and like, there's nothing's going his ears on. Covering yeah. his eyes. <laughs> he's like, like, nothing's <laughs> happening right now. And then someone's trying to like shove cake down it's his throat. He's, he's like, how much my cake? Is no. this a party? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> Um, Johnson said he never knowingly or recklessly misled MPs about lockdown gatherings in Downing Street. The committee has published extracts from a series of WhatsApp messages it has yes. received as part of the inquiry. These were the WhatsApps we talked about last week as well, so this is all kind of... It's all, come, it's all come out together, yeah, but these aren't these aren't specifically Matt Hancock. These are more oh, Boris no, no, Johnson-based. No. So um, I want to read some of the WhatsApps now because they're quite fun. Uh, unnamed number 10 official noted that another official was worried about leaks of PM having a piss-up, and to be fair, I don't think it's unwarranted <laughs> because... <laughs> 
I mean, clearly he knew about the, the, the piss-ups. Um, Mr. Johnson's then Director of Communications, Jack Doyle, told a Number 10 official he hadn't heard any explanation of how a party f- or for the former PM in the Cabinet Room in June 2020 was within the rules. Um, the report found that COVID rule breaches would have... Um, my, there's a thing on my way, sorry. report found that COVID rule breaches would have been obvious to Mr. Johnson uh, and he did not correct the record at the earliest opportunity and staff struggled to fail staff struggled to justify these gatherings and Mm. Johnson will give evidence later in March Um, so basically the update is yeah he lied and he knew about the parties we all knew this 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 is why he's been kicked out this committee is just confirming what the public thought about exactly and it's quite a high bar to prove lying because you have to improve intent which is a famously hard thing to prove but I think like you know, the, the the court of public opinion, which is what m- this ultimately matters for, because he's he's been if he was found to have lied to Parliament, he'd have to resign. But I think they actually cha- changed the ethics codes before he left Prime Minister, Ooh, so he wouldn't. Have, how convenient! He wouldn't have actually had to resign. But like that's what should happen in terms of our constitution. But so this doesn't this isn't going to do anything apart from no. you know the, it's for he's us the public to anymore. be like. And he's proven that no matter what you do, you can get away with it. So yeah. It's all a bit annoying, really. So the the like the sum up of this particular section is no shit. He lied about it and knew about it all. And like it's um, uh, it's the report's coming out. He's going to give evidence later in March, which will be broadcast to that committee and it's all public. So that'd be quite fun to hear him having can to try and defend himself. Can we go and watch himself. that? Yeah, if you can, if you want. It's, Should we um, do a pod school trip? That oh, that is such it's a, a great idea. idea. To go to the select committee. That's a really good idea. So if cute. anyone listening wants to join, yeah, come along. Meet and greet. Meet and greet, but it's Stop. for the Boris Johnson <laughs> evidence to the Partygate <laughs> Inquiry Select Committee. I'll look into it. That I'll sounds get great. To we'll get so we'll get we'll put our information out on social media once we've done some <laughs> research. That's so exciting. That. That'd be great. <laughs> and there's a final piece of Boris Johnson news we're all really excited for it as well uh, which is the PM gets to has so the, ro- the role of the PM they get to apply people for knighthoods mm-hmm. and uh, because of obviously there's a quite close relationship with the monarch when you're PM uh, Johnson tried to give his father Stanley Johnson a knighthood as well no and Stanley Johnson that. is a famously Creepy intellectual man. man with some really really good and intelligent He's takes friends with Georgia Toffolo yeah, from Made in Chelsea really weird. <laughs> I no but wasn't it because they were both on I'm a celebrity together but that's then my love my love <laughs> that is irrelevant now those two are besties and it honestly disturbs me so much but were they on the same series yeah did yeah. you see them on Gogglebox like yes. they were on the sofa all like it was just weird. He's very creepy. And then they were on Celebrity Hunted together. God, I can't. And I can't. he was like, I used to be a spy. Like, I know what I'm doing. And then he got caught straight away and it was hilarious. So highly recommend Sorry. watching that. Sorry to That's all right. It's, it's politics <laughs> podcast has become an TV. <laughs> um, I, I try my very best to bring in like <laughs> some of the dregs of British Pop culture. TV. <laughs> <laughs> Made in Chelsea is actually a well famous show. Oh, I think, no, I, yeah. Um, Fair enough. Kind of following on from the Boris Johnson news. Uh, Keir Starmer has hired Sue Gray. Now, Emily, who was Sue Gray? She is not my grandmother. I just want to say that. My grandmother was called Sue Gray, <laughs> but she is dead. So, <laughs> so she's not my grandmother. Right, rest in peace. Um, this Sue Gray, um, <laughs> what am I saying? Sue Gray. She was hired by Boris Johnson to write the... She was chief of the civil service. Yeah, she was chief of the civil service. She was hired to write the Sue Gray report, which is convenient because otherwise what would it have been called if it wasn't her writing it, you know? Um, And that was an inquiry into Partygate and whether Boris Johnson was a twat. And she basically... Like <laughs> was that the title of the investigation? Yeah. Partygate and if Boris Johnson's a twat. Yeah. And, and we found and yes. And the conclusion was 
He's probably a twat, but I don't want to call him a twat. Nice. That was that was the Hello. conclusion, wasn't it? Good for her. Basically, she couldn't be. I as, read the whole thing. She couldn't be as harsh as she wanted to be. And if you read the text of the report, yeah. she's quite harsh on the fact that basically yeah, yeah. she's found what this report has been finding that he knew about the parties that he like he didn't correct the record and it's a possibly lied to Parliament. She couldn't say any further. And also, it's worth pointing out that the civil service and the civil servants are directly responsible to the people in charge. Yeah. And um, whilst that doesn't necessarily mean that the report is like not useful to read mm. it does it's worth pointing out that she he's literally her boss they, and they are supposed was she was time. supposed to be politically neutral yeah. so exactly. it, but then it's impossible because it was the report was almost a kind of report on Boris Johnson's character like whether he is a liar or not yeah. and then you can't it's, I think he's a liar but I'm not politically neutral mm, as you can hear show. on the pod <laughs> so it's, it was impossible for her to make a completely politically neutral report or even if it is, without the criticism of people saying, "Well, this isn't neutral," so it was a it was a complete waste of time, and it mm. was a, it was it was funny while it happened, but but then because there was the whole controversy, I really struggle with that word controversy. There you go. Because she wrote half wrote the report and then went, "Oh, we'll see what the Met say," and then the Met were like, "Meh, we don't really know," and then she wrote the second half of the report, going, "Meh, I don't really know," but he probably yeah. did lie. Is that what happened? Basically, like, yeah. And on the kind of neutrality point you pointed out, this is there's lots of conservatives trying to make a big deal about him hiring uh, Sue Gray as his chief of staff. So she's now no no longer a civil servant; she's chief of staff, which means she is political. She's like yeah. trying to get you know she's doing all managing all Keir Starmer's stuff, all his media interviews, and like kind of pushing out, helping him with his policies and stuff. Um, but Starmer has stated he had no contact with her whilst the inquiry was ongoing. Um, so, but some Johnson allies have argued that Gray's decision to resign and join Labour shows her report on Partygate cannot be trusted. Yeah, because Boris was saying like, oh, if I knew she was going to do this, then I would have con- maybe considered someone else. But like, well... Also, it's worth pointing out, at the time, they yeah. were all saying, like Boris Johnson said he was grateful for the report and grateful yeah, for the findings yeah. and he'd take them on board. It's convenient, And isn't it? now they're like, oh, no, we can't trust that report because it's, it, they can see a possible political window to argue that it's biased and that actually it's some establishment attack on Boris Johnson. Um, and again, like even none of the findings have been disputed uh, by Johnson's team and Johnson accepted them fully at the time. So it's literally the Conservative Party trying to generate a scandal around this very qualified woman being hired by a very qualified, hopefully, in my opinion, future PM to be his chief of staff. And they're trying to say, oh, this is political bias. This is like, you know, Westminster in trading. And uh, it's just yeah. like... It's not really a story, and no. there's nothing really no. here because they didn't have contact at the time. Starmer said he didn't have contact at the time, and even then, the report. It is very. It's such a power move by Sue Gray, though. I absolutely love it. Yeah, like I'm she just writes it. this report, which is which was a bit of a waste of time and money and everything. However, but now she's like, Haha, I'm going to go to Labour, and oh. I feel like on International Women's Day, it's good to have. Yeah. An international women's sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're not international women's era. So um, well done, Sue. Well Round done, of Sue. for you. Well done, Sue. Um, and the breaking news, always on a Wednesday pod, we seem to get some breaking news. This, this came last night, uh, and it's genuinely upset me to a point. I don't know, I'm just really angry about this. So Rishi Sunak, Emily's written in the notes, Rishi Sunak is a silly boy, it turns <laughs> out. How did you know <laughs> that was me? <laughs> Which is the in-depth politics uh, analysis you come for this pod for. Um, so there's a tweet from Rishi Sunak. I'm going to read you the tweet. Obviously, I think you there can was see it on his Twitter. There was a speech. He did a speech, and then yes, this was the tweet was after speech. the speech. And the, the tweet, um, more the tweet yeah. The tweet says, if you come to the UK illegally, you can't claim asylum, you can't benefit from our modern slavery protections, you can't make spurious human rights claims, and you can't stay. So 
literally in the tweet he says if you come to the UK illegally we take away your human rights that's that that is what the tweet says you can't benefit from honest slavery protections you can't make spurious human rights claims you can't claim you have like you can't claim against human rights and you can't stay um like this is their big kind of they're trying to crack down on the small boat crossings which are obviously when people from france primarily kind of get on little boats like dinghies and try and cross mm -hmm. the channel to come to the uk because they're in search of a better life um i think we're going to explain in a minute what the asylum system is because rishi sunak seems to be quite confused at how refugee and asylum works as opposed to migrants um but this is probably going to break international law. Lots of people, uh, like you know, people who are smarter legally than we are, uh, have said this is going to. Don't say anything about me failing law last year. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tempted. I was like, I don't know if we want to bring this to the pod, but you brought it up. So I did. Adam failed a module in law, I and did. so whenever he mentions the law, I find it hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> and Thank I you. don't believe a word he says. <laughs> 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 um, but Suella Braverman denied the government Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary has denied the government is breaking the law with these controversial measures um, despite telling Conservatives there was more than a 50% chance the How plans may be incompatible with the European Convention on Human Rights but surely they are either incompatible yeah, or they, it, feels like it, a, it feels like a one or a none kind like of situation the here st the statistician Ooh. I'm really struggling with this today <laughs> that's why she's an the, economist the, statis the, the, the statistician in me is very confused by that percentage. Suella, if you're if you're listening, they worked it out and they were like, this part of the law are is forty eight percent. Fine. What is this anyway? Carry on. Um, the UN Refugee Agency is profoundly concerned by these uh, by what they're what they're calling an illegal migration bill, saying it amounts to an asylum ban. Um, and the and so let's just talk about what asylum is because I think lots of people get quite confused with what asylum is. Asylum is an application you make to get a type of international protection called re refugee status. Refugee status can be given to you by another country if you fear being returned to your country by of origin of residence. This is from the UK government website. You must apply for asylum if you want to stay in the UK as a refugee. To be eligible, you must have left your country and been unable to go back because you fear prosecution or persecution. Find um, and then there's kind of there's a find out more link as well, which. I um, like, so asylum is a system where you are fearing for your life very, very basically, and you come to somewhere where you're going to be safe from it. So that can be people fleeing Syria. That, um, that could be people fleeing like places like Saudi Arabia because they're gay and they they can't live their like their life there properly. Yeah. They can't be themselves. You know, there's there's so many reasons that someone can be a refugee, and we created a society where we are very wealthy. You know, if you come to the UK, the whole point of our economy and the, the kind of image we tell our, the world about us is that we're a successful place that you'd want to live, that you want to visit, that you want to do all those things. You're not Yet allowed. we, people who are desperate and like yeah. would do anything to just live a life and not, you know, be murdered or in their homes or be prosecuted and persecuted, would and we're just turning them away the and we're saying that you can't benefit from our laws, our, yeah. our human rights, and just like. Sorry, point. I was just going to say people aren't being refugees for the shits and gigs. Yeah, like, this isn't this isn't like wake up one day oh I'm going to be a refugee like that's not how it works it's, these people are really re living kind of awful lives and our government are just saying no actually you can go back like it's it's just disgusting and it's exactly. really no one's getting on a fucking dinghy in Calais and like trying to cross the channel at the moment 
to yeah. to, to for a fuck, holiday. Yeah, exactly. I it's know, not a fucking not day out, is it? You are desperate. You are risking your lives. You're you're yeah. taking your children on yeah. a situation, taking them through like to to these horrible migrant camps you have in like in the, the kind of coast of France, where they're just trying to get to a better life. They're trying to just live just live a little bit, and, and we are turning them away, and we're saying no. You cannot benefit from our human rights laws. You can't benefit from our yeah. anti-modern slavery laws. And like, if you read the tweet, and I, like, obviously it's a tweet, and it's not legislation, but. If you come to the UK illegally, you will not benefit from our modern slavery protections. So it's implicit there. You are can, you can be a slave and we're not going to stop that happening. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Genuinely, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's a classic case of this government, like, seeing a problem and then just the solution to the problem just being, like... The wrong end, like they're not dealing with the actual no, cause completely. of the problem. Because also, the, one of the reasons the problems have been caused is because we keep going invading other countries, destabilizing their regimes, and then they have to leave to try and get to safer places. And then they come to the UK and we're like, nope, you can't come yeah. in. You're not I, allowed. I have two things to say on this. Actually, three. Number one. You can one, only say one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my profanity, but what the actual fuck? Adam just said that, but like, what the fuck is this about when Samaya's warmed up? No, <laughs> no, swear, genuinely. Like, if you think about how many people have claimed asylum in the UK over, like, generations, like, dating back to when colonialism and slavery, not slavery, colonialism ended, like, those generations of people who came as refugees who helped the, U uh, the British economy, and then for those people that want to come and also help and not just come like you said for the shits and gigs like what like what's that about like also the fact that britain was founded and like made this great nation through imperialism it's like the least you yeah. can do is give back to the countries that you go and yeah. take over and like like for example like this this really like hits home because my parents came to the uk from somalia in like the 1990s as asylum seekers, now that would be legal. Like now they wouldn't have been able to come. They wouldn't have been able to have children. It was Britain and Italy and France that went into Somalia and just divided the country four ways, like down, like not caring about the fact that there were like tribes and different regions and different societies living in the country. And then led to those tribes to fight with one another and then led to the civil war and led to famine, and led to millions of people dying and then led to the UN's humanitarian intervention that went and killed a bunch of people that led to terrorism, like now existing and led to the country being a failed state. Those people now can't come and claim asylum, even though it was the fault of Us. Britain and, yeah. and the West who just wanted things. No, like that's just one example. If you look at every, not every, most countries, outside of the global west or the global north like it's the same case time and time again and then rishi sunak now is creating this culture war that we spoke about a few weeks ago him saying things like oh people come to the uk for mm. x y and z to live off of benefits and like what society does that create in the uk at home as well like regardless of humanitarian intervention at home it then fuels this like hatred towards migrants and refugees and asylum seekers who are only here for a better life like yeah. At the bottom line, like that's all it's about, and it's just unfair, and it really, it's absolutely ridiculous. really upsets me. And if you, it's just like, yeah, that's my take. Sorry, and I was really upset. No, um, that's. I mean, and there's also like it's worth pointing out. There's there's this kind of these harsh measures to stop immigration don't work because these people are so desperate yeah. that they will do it anywhere. They'll try their best because they have no other options. They will like try their best to get to the safe place that is the UK, and 
like so saying oh we'll send you back uh, you're not allowed to be in modern like you can't you're not protected from being modern slavery it's not going to stop anyone because it hasn't stopped anyone before we've had harsh measures before nothing's changed the solution is to have a safe place in other countries where you can access and apply for asylum if they get granted it bring them over to the UK yeah. that's the solution on that I am um, I worked for a refugee charity in Calais for a while and I'm not going to name the charity because they were doing some illegal things because they were helping people cross the border which obviously they're wow. not meant to be doing mm. but it is as you say people do still try and I would we we would work I worked every day and every day there would be someone new that I'd meet in a refugee camp who like they'd gone they weren't there the day before and they tried to get across so obviously the people working at the charity were like, oh, great, they got across, and the charity was sort of smuggling people basically in the dead of night. Like, they would go and get people from camps and try and get them over, like, try and sneak them onto ships and stuff like that. But then th I remember there were multiple times where a couple days later, the person would then show up. So we'd assume they'd gotten over, they'd crossed the channel, um, and they hadn't, but instead they'd had, like, their phone taken off them. So the phone that, like, they'd been given by the charity to be able to, like, con contact loved ones, they didn't have any more. They wouldn't have shoes anymore. They wouldn't have a coat or they wouldn't have a jumper. They'd be stripped down of all, like, the essentials they did have basically as like a punishment by authorities um and yeah and so it wasn't just like a oh they're trying and sometimes they make it cross sometimes they don't oh well we'll try another time it was they weren't just risking you know like their own personal safety but like all the like the small amount of like you know like goods that they had on them that enabled them to basically just like live and you know survive essentially so yeah I don't know I I it's just yeah it's really really worrying to hear this kind of rhetoric because then the day as you say people aren't doing it for a laugh like they are so desperate that they will you know risk like their only their only possession in the world going and it's it's just insane and you speak to people and they'll still try and they'll still try every single day and they won't stop I've met people who've been trying for years to get over um, and it's just awful and also as well like the the stress and fear that it would cause amongst their friends if someone did manage to go but you wouldn't know where they are and they wouldn't be able to contact anyone else so it was kind of like well has something happened to them like have they passed away trying to cross have they been caught by authorities it's just the anxiety that it causes is, is just unbelievable and people yeah. live their lives like that it's not a way to survive it's, it's not a, a way to be it's a complete like disregard like the the government are treating these people like kind of pests that need to be yeah like it's, like it's just it's disgusting it's really really just unpleasant and awful and and yeah. also the fact that you can't um like make a claim so like you can't be like heard mm. is like yeah, I mean, very yeah. concerning. There was a bit that I was just reading now. That in this read, it says literally says you can't make a spurious yeah. human rights claim. Like, what the fuck is a spurious human rights claim? If you're arguing, oh, I'm actually being trafficked in modern slavery, we're like, well, you came over illegally. Yeah. A spurious human rights claim. We don't care. You that like that is dehumanizing, like definitionally, and so it's just like, I, 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 it's so abhorrent, and coming from like. Representation is a really, really important part of society, yeah. okay? And there's descriptive representation and there's, I can't remember the other types of it. Rishi Sunak is our first ever Indian origin prime minister, yeah. ethnically Indian prime yeah, minister. Yeah, he did that whole video about, oh my, I come from a exactly. family of migrants. But the problem is that these people, like the, the point of representation fundamentally is to represent the different views of our broad society. And the like 
you'd hope that someone who has whose family have migrated to the UK, who've made that journey to the UK, yeah. uh, would would kind of protect and look after. But his family you made the what? journey on a private jet. Yeah, yeah like but exactly. not. But also, through the struggle. I was gonna say, like, kind of not calling you out, but it's. I don't think it's a representation issue now. I think it's just a conservative issue because mm. you can't say that, like, because then we're feeding into this idea of double standards and the fact that because Rishi Sunak is yeah. an Indian prime minister, he needs to do something for like minority no, groups. No, 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 I know, but it's it's just another thing that even like, it's not the fact that he's Indian or like of Indian heritage that he should be doing something for migrants. It's the fact that he is a leader of one of the most yeah. powerful countries in the world. Mm. Like he has a lot of influence and he needs to do something about that because of the pedestal and platform that he's on. And yeah. I think that this will get spun in a way that like people will say like, he's Indian, he should do something for yeah. you know people like no he's prime minister that's what we yeah. should say and that's yeah. what the narrative should be yeah. like going no, okay, forward fair. i agree with that i, w I was good. yeah i was trying to say that that this is this is the proof point of that that yeah no i, I was trying to say i, I completely understand because it was the same with pretty patel when she did yeah a bunch of like shitty things remember and then <laughs> and her How parents her parents were also immigrants <laughs> obviously there is a level of understanding that he needs to like be like okay my grandparents or parents mm. um, migrated to the uk but that shouldn't be the focus point it should yeah. be the fact that my he's point was going to be that representation doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't like the d representation is more necessary we need just the what the views yeah we need to be course. wider because that that my point is what you tried to say yeah. you said it way more eloquently than i ever could but um that like he is not advocate uh, just because he is of this group doesn't mean he's advocating mm -hmm. for them and i think yeah. that's a really it important does, it does feed into this kind of conservative thing of the past few years of like let's blame all our problems on foreigners yeah. like because yeah. it's like that was the that was you know the, the, the crux of brexit, of brexit wasn't it yeah but it's like our country is falling apart like scotland's going to be independent before we know it like north <laughs> ireland on everything's, everyone's on strike ireland like there's problems in ireland again well like have they fixed it i don't know but like do you know what i mean it's well, and then johnson can have anything <laughs> to say about it but then, but then now rishi sunak's making this speech that just feels it feels kind of i don't know if it is out of the blue but it's like oh, okay but also like can you deal with the with the actual like massive problems in your country first before, like, kind of? Demonizing. No, it's yeah. just an easy way it's out. Really of course, yeah. it was it's like so disgusting. It coming. It's very annoying. And yes. Can I just say as well, like on Rishi Sunak and Northern Ireland, not to backtrack, but just on that, like again, doing things that no one asked you to do when you could actually do something that matters. Yeah. Can you believe that man made a speech telling Northern Ireland how like lucky and grateful they should be that they're in such a like a special position where they get to benefit from the UK and also get to benefit from the EU? <laughs> when firstly, number one, we all used to benefit from that. But secondly yeah. as well, you are talking to a former colony. Do you know what I mean? Like it is St. Patrick's Day next week. Put some respect on yeah, our name. Yeah. And this man has the audacity to stand there and be like you you should be grateful that we colonized you because now you get to benefit from everything and again no one asked there are real problems going on in the country yeah. but it's just like more like blabber no one needed you to say that yeah. like can you imagine could you just imagine like if someone like slapped you in the face and then five years later walked up to you and was like bet you're glad you know what pain feels like now <laughs> bet, you, bet you're glad you can benefit yeah. you can you can experience yeah. that you can talk about it with people it does it does feel like they're, they're kind of creating headlines for the sake of like the newspapers yeah, not actually talking sure. about other stuff yeah. yeah 
Is that enough? Is that enough to say? Yeah, that really. We need a breather after that. It's quite a hard conversation. Anger International Women's Day. Very fitting. Yeah, We are angry women. Speaking of, after the break, we're going to come back and talk about International Women's Day and just loads of issues around it. Hello, welcome back um, after that little interlude. Today we are going to be talking about um, some women, well, a women's issue, uh, the gender pay gap. I It was either this or pension poverty and I'm sure you can agree, this is probably more interesting, but if you are interested in um, pension poverty and the reason why more women are in pension poverty than men, let me know. I will talk about it another time. So, does does anyone have anything to say about International Women's Day just before I start on this fascinating topic? Um, I think it's fantastic. I love International Women's Day. I used to go on Women's March as a teenager in London, and I loved seeing so many people from all over London and, like, the southeast, I'm sure, as well, just getting involved. I think it's a great opportunity to look at how far we've come as a movement, um, where we could be doing more to be more inclusive of, like, different types of people um, who are involved with the women's movement in different ways, uh, women from different countries. And I just I think it's I think it's fantastic. I just think, yeah, it's really important to recognise how lucky some of us are and yeah. just ensure that we're lifting up the voices of those who can't necessarily speak about women's issues. And we yeah. still need it because because I think there's a, there's definitely a view in society that, you know, it's it's much, much better than it has been. But also then there's this view like, oh, it's kind of the, the, the way that, that women are oppressed now is, is kind of more... Um, In uh, the UK especially, there's not like legal... Yeah. It's not legal. It's just such a big social. Yeah, and there's there's a few like we're going to talk about it today. There's a few like ways in which the, there's structural discrimination, yeah. but it's not as overt as it has been yeah. before. Like it's not just it's not like it's not written in law that women are less than men. Yeah. But it but the way that so we're going to talk about the pay gap. We're going to talk about other issues in terms of like the labour of domestic life and that that, that labour burden disproportionately falls to women. We're going to yeah. talk about that a bit today. And like the the reason that days like this exist and they need to keep existing is because these issues as we get further and further forward and we keep progressing these issues need to come up more and more and more because it's not as we said the kind of overt sexism mm. of society as much anymore and especially in this society um that it, it's these kind of more yeah. under the radar issues that are still massively affecting people yeah this is also this is very much focused on the uk um this section because obviously around the world like in Afghanistan and all this, like, women's rights are being taken completely away. Like, the freedom of women is just, like, it's shocking in quite a lot of places. So we are aware of that. (laughs) We're very aware of how lucky and fortunate we are to be in a much more equal society. However, the gender pay gap, ladies and gents. Can can I say it one more time? (laughs) The gender slay gap. The gender slay gap. (laughs) Well, it turns out it's not slaying. It is not slaying. It's tough. An anti-slay. The economist in me was like, oh, let's talk about, let's talk about pay. So here we go. I hope you're ready. Like, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a wild ride. Um, So the gender pay gap, let me tell you what it is first, is it is calculated as the difference between average hourly earnings um, of men and women as a proportion of average hourly earnings of men's earnings so it's like a percentage the percentage women are earning in relation to men that makes Mm -hmm. sense everyone is everyone still on board so 
Yes, the percentage difference between men and women's median hourly earnings across all jobs in the UK. So this is this is quite a key point. It is not a measure of the difference in pay between men and women for doing the same job. Okay, it's across all jobs. So people look at it. So at the moment, let me just see. It says that. So the gender pay gap in April 2022 was 8.3%. So people think that women are being paid 8.3% less for the same job. Yeah. And that is that is not the case. That's not how it works. Um, so, yes, hang on. What, how, what is the issue then? Well, I'm going to go on to that, but I just wanted to talk about the... Maybe I'll change the order. Um... Do you want to talk about this? This is up to the other women. <laughs> Let's do a democracy. Do you want to go talk about COVID or the actual reason? The actual problem. I do talk about the actual reason yeah. then. COVID. Okay, fine. Let me let me scroll down. A so okay, so, special at the end. So you can cut all this out because I don't know what's going on. I'm panicking. Um, so yeah, the gender pay gap is a bit confusing because it looks like women are being paid less for the same job, but that's not the case in the UK, especially. Because um, discrimination is illegal. Well, so there are some cases where women do get paid less. <laughs> I'm just like changing what I'm saying. But they, there are some cases where women do get paid less than men for very similar jobs. So, for example, in 2017, there was a lot of criticism of the BBC because they were paying male... Uh, it looked like they were paying male TV presenters more than women for very similar work. However, this, this is like a kind of one-off... Um, example like in the UK it is against the law to pay men and women different salaries for the same job so the reason for the um, gap is that it's mainly to do with what where women work and like the differences in that so for example a key one is that they're unequal caring responsibilities so women are far more likely to be part-time so that they can care for children and elderly relatives. And these jobs tend to be less well-paid with um, less career development options. So they tend to kind of stay in one job, one part-time job for their whole lives. Um, and that job will be fairly low-paid in comparison to other men. Other men? Men. Um, and they're also more likely to go into work in lower-paid jobs and sectors than men. Um, so like things like care and and um, more kind of traditionally women's jobs. And also there, there have been some um, like problems because traditionally women's jobs are paid less than men. So, um, for example, there was, I've written, there was some beef with Birmingham City Council who gave um, jobs such as refuse collectors, street cleaners and grave diggers, traditionally men's jobs, a pay rise, but not cleaners, caterers and care staff which employ much more women. So there's just a kind of general culture of like women's more traditionally women's jobs being kind of taken of like their the effort and the 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 what is the word? Do you know what I mean? Like the women's roles being taken for granted because there's a like mentality that these things are, are easier when when like refuse collectors, street cleaners, grave diggers. It's important roles, but it's a similar level of kind of difficulty. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Um, so, yeah, so a female grave digger would have got the pay rise, but because there are so few, it's not. It's, it employs mainly men, that that's where this gap is created because um, 
they're they're different jobs but similar level similar level and so that's that's what this gap is so it's not because people go like the same women are being paid paid less for the same job that's not the problem the problem is that women's traditionally women's roles are being taken for granted and not like being paid what they are worth so yeah another key point is that um more there are much more men in senior roles as well so not only are traditionally women's roles being paid less than traditionally men's roles for similar levels of kind of qualification but men women are far less likely to ask for a pay rise or put themselves up for promotion um than men like there's just that kind of culture of of men kind of going into the office having more confidence having more like less like imposter syndrome in a corporate world um and putting themselves up for these uh, higher roles another thing is that maternity leave means that there's time there can be quite significant time where um, women are out of the workforce and then the male counterparts can advance up their careers gain that experience and move up the the chain I guess um, and then firms whether this is consciously or subconsciously then see women um, who are going to be mothers or have a, have just got married and things like this they see them as that they're less serious about their careers because they're thinking about having a family, God forbid. So then there's this kind of, just this like culture and environment. This is a bit, I want to talk about this bit a little bit because there's a, there's a brilliant, brilliant book, which is one of my favourite like politics books ever. And it's called Donut Economics and it's by Katie Raworth, the Oxford economist. And she basically, I, I'm par- paraphrasing her work here and you should go and read her book. And I'm not sure if it's kind of her original idea or so. It's been a few years since I read the book, but I just, it's really stuck with me, this idea that there's kind of a two domestic spheres of what we think of as labour. There's the, you know, the money labour, you know, where you go to your job, you are a barista, you, you earn the money like that. And obviously everyone can do those jobs but there's also a job that women specifically can do which men can't do which is like give birth to a child and of, of often there also there is a role there for women and take, kind of taking care of the child so maternity leave that is seen in one sphere as unproductive as you just yeah. said so someone has to take a certain amount of time off from their their paid you know labor work job to raise a child but then that and therefore it's seen as unproductive labor but the thing is that I, we think that what katie rayworth argues is that we need to change our definition of labor and in the book she's advocating for a thing called universal basic income i'm not going to go that far in today's show it's not about that but the idea that raising a child um, is not productive for society and not productive labor is completely wrong because if you didn't have people raising children, taking care of them, you wouldn't have workers in the future. If you didn't have a, a wife at home for like, you know, if you think of a, a stereotypical male role, female role, if you didn't have the wife at home cooking and cleaning for the husband who's earning the money, they wouldn't have the clothes to wear to go to the, to the job to earn the money in the first place. They wouldn't. And it's like those, those, that sphere of women's work and part of the way that the patriarchy is structured is massively discounting that labor and, and increasing the prevalence of the kind of more masculine forms of labor and viewing those forms of labor as more important than the other form of labor which I think you could argue is way way more important is is raising children raising a family which is often seen as more of a maternal feature of of society and a more return maternal role so and um so yeah this point of kind of maternity leave is quite a it's quite a big one is it's kind of it's difficult to get around however there have been people that have suggested that one of the best things that can deal with this is if men take the same amount of paternity leave as their well this is for a very like man and woman um relationship and obviously that's not 
that's not the case for everyone. But if if the the man and the woman take the same amount of time off, then women can't be um, like penalized for being a woman because then a man is equally as likely to to do this as well. So that is, um, I mean, I encourage that. But uh, yes, so that is the main point about that. And now COVID has had an impact on this as well, on the gender pay gap. So the gender pay gap in April 2022 was 8.3%. It was 7.7 in April 2021 and 9 in April 2019. So it's kind of, um, it was declining slowly over time and then it was the smallest during the pandemic and then has widened again. And um, there are some reasons for this, like women were much more likely to take time off work um, during COVID to look after their families, homeschool their children. And it, COVID has had a big gendered impact, which I wasn't, I don't, I, I wasn't aware about this. Um, also, because of the nature of lots of traditionally female jobs, um, way more women than men were furloughed which isn't included in the gender pay gap data. So it looks like the gap narrowed the, So in April 2021, but actually that's why it has widened again is because um, the, all these, because of the state of the economy, lots of uh, the women who were, lots of people who were furloughed have lost their jobs. So like notably in hospitality, uh, non-food retail, and all these kind of things, all these women have suffered and... Um, that wasn't taken into account because the furlough data wasn't included. So now furlough is over. The next kind of set of data is going to be very interesting, but everyone's expecting the gap to have widened again. because it's So it's not about... The, the main point I've written here is... The, the, so the moral of the story is that the pay gap is misleading because people think it means women are being paid less for the same job, but no, it's more about women are in lower paying jobs and that is the problem. And they're also stuck there, aren't they? Yeah. They can't yeah. get to the management roles yeah, because, because of, because of um, yeah. the glass ceiling or whatever it's called where yeah, 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 women yeah. are. Like, yeah, that's and, and traditionally women's jobs are paid less and yes, that is, it's quite a big, it's a much bigger problem than it looks because if, if the problem genuinely was that women are being paid less for the same work, then, you know, like you can kind of fix that quite easily with a law adam yeah you have any thoughts on laws um but but it's much more like Never structural <laughs> it's much more structural and kind of complicated than it seems and i think you know there's that day in like usually kind of november time when it's like um this is the point in the year where women stop getting paid the yeah. same it's like that is that makes it quite confusing because it's that's not the case it's it's that women are putting in the same amount of effort and getting like and yeah. also, like it's it's it shows like the the right wingers who try to like because because it's a confusing kind yeah. of technical no, it issue. No, it's very confusing. But like on the gist of it, as you just said, um, but then they try and be like, well, it's not you know this isn't the case. Like women are getting women who are in the same roles yeah. as are getting paid the same, and it's it's an opportunity for them to try and demagogue this issue and make it and like simplify it and say actually no, discrimination doesn't exist anymore. We're just becoming too like um, you know too woke, too PC. We can't like it's actually fine. Everyone's doing like you know women are in these roles, and the problem is. This is what we were saying at the start of the show about how these is this is why these days are really important because these issues are now really quite subtle and they're not yeah, they're not very, on the surface and that's why we talk about them. It is very subtle, which is the thing about it is that that's why it's quite confusing is because it isn't as simple as it yeah. seems. Um, but also, yes. So the Fawcett Society, named after Millicent Fawcett, the founder of the Suffragists, if my history is correct, 
Um, they have a lot of advice about this. And so if you want more information, do look at them. They also have a service. They have a kind of advice on if you think you're being paid unfairly because of your sex. So uh, do have a look at that. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, that's my Brilliant. section done. Um, Lucy, did you want to talk about intersectionality a little bit in today's show? Hells yeah. Um, intersectionality is one of my favorite things. I feel like when I first heard the word, when I was probably about 14 years old, I was obsessed. And I was like, this makes so much sense to me. Um, specifically, I'm going to be talking about one thing in particular that's interesting because obviously I can't speak on behalf of all women and I don't know all women's experiences. However, I do know about queer women's experiences. Um, and so in particular, uh, just, well, firstly, if anyone doesn't know what intersectionality is, we'll give a brief definition. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. It's the idea that it's women's like overlapping... Politics, <laughs> start with the definitions. <laughs> women's overlapping identities basically mean that they experience oppression in different ways. So the experience of, like, a black woman is going to be very different to that of a trans woman, which is going to be different to that of, like, a disabled woman who's also gay. Like, it's basically just saying that there are multiple ways that people experience oppression, like class oppression, racial oppression, and that we can't just sort of... Um, paint all women with the same stick. For example, we can't take the experiences of like white, able-bodied, middle-class women and say that once things are mm. good for them, then they're good for everyone. Because yep. even though those voices are like the loudest and proudest, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else is feeling the same way. And it definitely doesn't mean that there's like legal equality. So there you go. That have a think about that. It's interesting. But anyway, yeah. So what I'm specifically wanting to speak about is the idea of women or women X. Um, has anyone heard of this? Anyone know about the like women and, and women X? Women, which instead of hasn't having an E in it, has an X. It's because it's not, it's not, isn't it? Because I don't know this, so I'm genuinely fact-checking this on the pod. Uh, it's, it's woe men, isn't it? So W-O men, they're taking the men out of yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's defined by men still, even in the name of women, yeah. it's men. And in female as well, it's male is in there the entire time. Adam, you are correct. You win gold star well on done. International Women's yeah, Slay. Thank you. Thanks, that is guys. a slay for You are Women's a rising day. star. <laughs> you are my rising star. We'll find out this afternoon. <laughs> we will. Um, so basically, yeah, as Adam said, it, it was in the 1970s that this, this term was sort of coined. Um, no doubt by someone white, sorry, it had to be said, but I definitely was looking at you, America. Um, and the idea was taking out the E in women um, because we were removing men because we don't need men and we don't like men. And like, if we have an X in there instead, like it's just quirky. She's not like the other girl. She's, just, <laughs> she's smart. Do you know what I mean? She's different. Yep. So I think that it, the idea started with good intention. It's like centering women's experiences and taking away men. And it was symbolic of you know, like removing men from our lives and, you know, political lesbianism and separatism and all that kind of stuff, which is all very fun. Um, except it's become somewhat insidious, <coughs> in my opinion. And the only reason I bring this, this up... This is an opinion show, after this all. This is fine. an opinion <laughs> show. This is my hot take. It has become <laughs> insidious. And the reason why is because... Well, firstly, I didn't really realise that people were still using this. I remember seeing someone using it online, an influencer that I followed, who was very hashtag woke. And I sent her a message about it. And I was like, I don't really like that you're using that term. And I don't think you should. And I explained why. And she was like, you know, I'm actually not going to use it anymore. And I was like, okay, hot. Wow. So wow. she took, took it out Amazing. of her podcast. I was like, okay, wokerati. I Hell see yeah. you. The internet trolls back. The, the Karen of the woke generation. <laughs> but, um, and then again, this is absolutely fine. This is just life. But someone last week that I saw running a campaign was actually talking about women and saying women and women X. So using that, what's meant to be an inclusive term. But here is where the issue comes. So women 
X has in recent years been used to talk about trans people and non-binary people, specifically trans women and non-binary people, to basically be like, you know, this isn't just about like cis women, like this is about this is about women X. This is about women with all different experiences. But the reason why it's not great is because the idea of like trans women not fitting in women and needing women X suggests that they aren't real women. It gives them another category. And non-binary people, whether or not they are femme presenting or not, which is irrelevant, then also not women. So it's a bit of a conundrum because it's firstly been used by like kind of woke people to be like, yeah, like inclusivity, like women X, like let's go, all types of women. But it, at the end of the day, I think it's that all anyone who's trans yeah, yeah, wants to be seen as is a woman because they are a woman, not a, not woman next. Do you know what I mean? And the same goes for non-binary people. Like They're not included in this equation. And I think that it's really interesting on in, um, an International Women's Day. It comes to mind a lot. Um, I have a lot of friends who, when we were younger, did identify as women and now no longer do. And they're sort of like they're genderqueer or like they're just sort of like they're using different pronouns to what they used to use. And I think for those people in particular, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tricky one because they're not sure exactly where they fall. They're not sure whether International Women's Day is for them because they've had experiences as a woman, but then their gender identity and sexuality sort of conflicts with that. Um, so I, yeah, I just thought it'd be interesting to have a discussion around it about what what you guys think. Obviously, all opinions, all views are welcome. We love to be inclusive, but yeah, it's just it's just something that plays on my mind a little bit, like the idea of women X, obviously not great i'm not a fan personally i have seen a lot of turfs using it sorry not sorry jk rowling but um yeah in particular like international women's day like how do we make it inclusive for non-binary folk and trans women in a way that's not putting them in a separate category or making them feel like their experiences aren't aren't valid because they are like how do we how do we change the narrative around it and how do we ensure that um people who have lived experiences as women no matter what that looks like feel like this day is for them too yeah one of the issues around kind of um yeah i realize i'm the only guy on this podcast right now saying one of the issues around feminism (laughs) (laughs) uh one of the issues around kind of the the kind of the uh, uh, historical feminism is that like you said at the start it's about middle class women's needs more than it was about Mm. kind of the intersection of different types of oppression and i think that it was lots of it was a kind of about women want to work and women like that and i think that these different types of discrimination and these different levels of of um uh, oppression and like the the, the different layers of as part of intersectionality don't really get addressed because we often think about well middle class women all have jobs now they can also take time off to raise kids there's no problem, which is kind of what we're trying to point out in the show that even there, there's a problem there, but also the fact that there's all these other layers of the, as Bell Hooks writes, uh, Bell Hooks, I fucking love Bell Hooks, um, the idea of a white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy, it's all these things together yeah. oppressing and the the way that they impact different people is different. I think even quite a good example of that, like, is a couple of years ago, what would it have been, like, five years ago now when... And it was a hundred years since women got the vote here. Oh, yeah. And it was like, no, no, no. It was women over, over 35 30, who yeah. were yeah. rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, it wasn't until 19, what, 1928 when yeah, all women yeah. got the vote. And it's like, so people are going mental. Like, it's been a hundred years. No, it hasn't. It was a hundred years for, for certain women. For certain exactly. women. And it's like that, and that doesn't even include kind of all the other complexities. And so, yeah, I just think that's a good example. Also, just a hot take on that as well. Firstly, I pointed that out to my politics teacher in sixth form and he was like, 
he was like, this is groundbreaking. He was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> also, yeah, okay, wonderful. Okay, so like some white women were able to vote in, yeah. even in 1928. Yeah, but like women still couldn't get like bank loans yeah, until yeah, the yeah, 70s. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Is, is that the bar we're setting? That it's like, if we're going to celebrate this one thing, I'm not saying that the vote wasn't important. Yeah. Come on, Emmeline Pankhurst. I'm a stan. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, are we really going to say that? I've come dressed like, as her today. Like, <laughs> do you like, is that, is that the, is that the bar we're setting for like, yeah. like, yeah, let's celebrate this like i'm not i'm not ready to celebrate that like on like i'll acknowledge it but i don't think it's like the only thing that matters yeah 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 Uh, yeah sorry hot take but yeah inclusivity thoughts samaya any Um, ideas (laughs) i think um yeah you basically touched on a lot of like the things that i i agree with you um i think what's most important about intersectionality is that it is rooted in lived experiences and when kimberly crenshaw coined the term um it was a way that she kind of like tried to theorize how black women were subjected to not only sexism, but racism. And the fact that as a black woman, you can't be like, you have, you have to live through the fact that um, your experience isn't the same as a black man's experience, but also as a white woman's experience. And that you like, as you mentioned in the sixties and seventies, it then became a term for activists to, put all of these different categories, race, class, gender, sexuality, ability, age, religion, like all of these. And that importantly, it's not that one is more important than the other. It's just that how they work together and where you fit in society. And Adam mentioned Bell Hooks earlier who created the term white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. She herself refrained from talking about intersectionality because she said it was too abstract. And if you work with both those concepts together, like Bell Hooks says, you can put yourself on that spectrum and see what of the isms you like fit with and then what of those you kind of know or can see your privilege and power in. And that I think that's really important when you, like you ask the question, how do you tackle these issues? It's if you check your privilege and like that does that, a lot of people talk about that with white privilege, but also the fact that if you come from a capitalist society, like that's also a privilege, you know what I mean? And like there's all of these different privileges that you need to check and then be like, okay, what can I do about it that someone who is victimized to it can, that can't, and then uh, how do I help? I think that's how you work towards it. Um, but yeah, I think what's interesting about Bell Hooks, I was reading that she like has also been criticized for the fact that she ignores imperialist um, experiences of like feminism in the fact that she's from America and that Claudia Jones, who I don't know if you guys know her, she's like, left of the left or she like defines herself as that um she now creates or she created the term white supremacist imperialist capitalist patriarchy mm-hmm. so it's like when you have all of that in front of you if anything it helps you move towards a more equal society i know a lot of people say like oh you just chuck around like like this woke generation just chuck around all of these like words without like if anything it helps you you like sit there and you're like okay well i am white and I benefit from capitalism. I also benefited from imperialism. So now what do I do? I'll like, you know, give people a platform to talk and, and I'll, I'll be an ally to them. And I think that's the biggest like point is if you are um, subjected to like privileges of whatever group in society, the way you help isn't by just like Denying saying, yeah, <laughs> like you just support, like it's, it's support that if yeah. anything, that's how the suffragettes got um, women's rights. It was through support, through like, um, movements, civil rights movement is through protest and through like the allies that helped and gave them a platform, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's my 
Um, Take. I think it's quite. It's, it's. I think kind of coming coming over our conversation about the intersectionality and how complicated, um, like the the way that um, like the structural um, patriarchy is in so many different ways. LinkedIn's just told me how can companies promote gender equality at all career stages, and it's just that it's just like this talk about yeah. the wrong fucking thing and like it's just completely wrong but this is the mainstream conversation it's like oh how can we get women to be paid more those white middle class women in those jobs like how, yeah, how yeah. are we getting them to pay more when it's not touching on these issues that fundamentally like structure that that are baked into our society and other issues that affect everyone in society and i think what you were saying a minute ago was like really really poignant and powerful about the like just the acknowledging your privilege is the bare minimum number one you need to acknowledge your the fact that for for example i am a white straight um man living in this capitalist patriarch so i've kind of hit bingo i'm like i'm all of them you know <laughs> i've got i've Love that I'm for you. <laughs> but like but Congrats. me acknowledging Congrats. thank you very I much feel bad today <laughs> <laughs> that privilege is is an opportunity yeah. for i i need to appreciate that privilege and like um just acknowledge its existence and acknowledge that everyone else's experience is not the same as mine yeah. and I think one of the most powerful moments of my life and I remember this like I, I think I mention this all the time it's probably the 17th time you guys have heard this is in A-level politics my teacher asked the class uh, and there was mostly women in my class who's been catcalled and I was expecting like one person put their hands up because it's just not kind of part of my experience and every single girl in that class put their hands up and I just remember like it being one of those moments of kind of like I remember it forever, just the shock of because I did not think this was a problem, yeah. and I think and that you know, that's just an anecdote, but the the fact that this is a part of my experience is just not there. It, it just does not exist. And the, and the, this is the thing about intersectionality is that there's different layers of discrimination and structural discrimination that lots and lots of different even groups within certain minorities do not experience of other ones. And I think that you need to go into these kind of conversations with an open mind and realise that your experience, even if you're oppressed in a couple of different ways, is different from other people's version of oppression, if that makes yeah, sense. For sure. I think the um, the LinkedIn thing is also a really hot take because I feel like when it comes around to any day of international celebration, whether that's yeah. like... LGBTQ plus history month or we're doing black history month like whatever it is like pride comes around and people like companies people really love to just like really jump just on go that ham. They jump there, on, yeah. but they always do it so wrong like I'm just waiting for the day where on any international day on any sort of like day of reflection for like a minority group where like a company does it well or like yeah. they approach it in the right way because I'm sorry like I just can't I can't be bothered to talk about like how white women might not be earning the same amount or again with like women x I know that people mean well but I'm just like yeah. what, like why yeah. like how do how is it that we're still getting it wrong like how well, is it always like it just never hits right and then there's that one company who's like well we're donating this amount of proceeds say to a charity I'm like Jesus I just like I'm like yeah but everyone else so are you telling me that, that you don't want to get a brew house pint today <laughs> no, okay. I, no I will be a brew house don't worry <laughs> that's a bod woman's wrongs come on now <laughs> listen to this today I get 15% off shampoo so oh, you know wow. Wow. all the problems are solved you are stood in the shower wondering why your non-binary friends are still getting misgendered but at least you've got some my shampoo is cheaper only 15% like, like come on like, give yeah. them 73% off just give me the whole thing for free please um yeah. You know, on what Lucy said, um, I think they get it so wrong because a lot of people don't understand that when it comes to these international, like, days of, like, celebration, it's not about that. It's about just, like, understanding that at the root of power, it's, like, whiteness, right? It's yeah. it's 
like that's the biggest thing and okay you can give out free shampoo but like it's, wait you tell me that doesn't solve it it's I, I think if the shampoo fixes it <laughs> wash away the privilege I am right also just to be completely clear I am gonna go and buy that shampoo <laughs> no, as, as you should as you should that Complete offer is very tempting as as you should but it's like it's the it's a societal systems right that's what we need these big corporations and everyone who loves to talk about whatever month we're in that we're celebrating, it's about the systems that need to be undone because it's like, you look at uh, it being, what, a hundred years since, okay, not even a hundred, but like a hundred years since officially women got like the right to vote. What has happened? Can you can you truly say that in those hundred years, oh no, women and men are equal? No, like can you, like yeah. we just celebrate Black History Month in October. Can you say that, black rights are completely no it's because legislation might be equal right on paper everything is like normal and fine but it's the societal structures that like we inherently like re-churn like throughout generations that has meant that we still continue to have these days where we celebrate for a day for 24 hours for a month whatever the case may be and then put it to bed but the structures will never change and i think I think one of the biggest ways to change that might be representation because it's like, look at the corporations that like on LinkedIn, what what percentage of their board are women? What percentage of their board are not white? What percentage of their board are disabled? Or like, that's how things change. And like facades, like I, when it, when Black History Month comes around, I'll give you all of my opinions and the problems that the UK and like the West, but it's just like, it's a bit of a paper and crack situation Completely, that I feel yeah. like we talk around these these little yeah. like these these issues. We don't talk about the fundamental structure that is causing the problems yeah. that we are talking about today. And that's I think what Katie Rayworth touched on as well. That 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 fundamental part of society that is just not viewed as valuable when and but it's, also that we're completely also powerless. Like what? Well, no, I do. This I disagree is why with that. I think to solve. Like literally, I wrote this in my personal statement. I have been screaming this from <laughs> from when I had a brain to think. Whenever people would ask, like, how do you change something? It's representation. Like at the base of it, like it's representing by putting people in. And I don't mean it like when we're talking about Rishi Sunak being Indian and that he had to. It's like not in like politics in the House of Parliament. I mean, like if you have these groups that their sole purpose is to represent, like that's how things change. Like if, if these corporations have groups where they like it's like what's the word like lobbyists but like for or like think tanks but for disabled people and for minority you know that's i i think that's how you solve issues but that's just my opinion i don't sounds know sounds very sensible i Samaya don't know how in valid charge. get her in charge <laughs> rishi samaya's coming for you not to toot my, um, not to toot, not to toot our own podcast but th- i think these conversations are really important because I this is this is, the, this is the point all, all like, 20 of you um <laughs> 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 hey, we got 35 downloads on the last episode and only and five Adam's of them were me now really really informed about these things your mum and adam's mum are now going to be like right don't use woman x yeah. 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 <laughs> go to my Shout manager to and ask what they're doing Shout about out. these groups Shout out to Ange. we love you Ange. Um, Shout out. Um, should i shout out my mum you're gone sarah hope you're having a good day yeah i want to shout out my I've never, i don't think i've ever called her sarah like yeah. that's really weird it's just I'm gonna do you know first name your parents ever no what? oh my god i I've love it that cats and gats caroline and gary they love it cats and gats no cats and gats cats and gats I, um, I was like, are you beatboxing? What's going on? Some gats, <laughs> gats, gats. 
Uh, I've called my dad Andrew a couple of times, but he I called him Andrew to piss him off because he hates that. So <laughs> shout out to Andy as well. And shout uh, out Andrew. Andrew. I, I have some respect. Shout out mum and dad because I've never called them on a first name basis. <laughs> no, that was really weird. <laughs> I've only, to be fair, not I'm not trying to make it deeper at all. I'm just saying because it's funny. Um, I, I've only ever really been able to do it since my parents started getting divorced. I was like, right. <laughs> I was like, poetic license now. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna first name you, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Destroy oh, this the family. Power move, I'll take it. Um, right. Um, are, are we, we ready are to we move on to the game? The game is We're going to have a game, finally. Sorry Stop about it. last week. I'm so excited. Please, game. can we have a toilet break? Yes, yes I we're going to have a break. <laughs> I actually do. A pee-pee and a poo-poo? Um, well, when we're back, Samaya's got a game for us. Take your toilet breaks now. Take your toilet breaks now. And we will see you in a moment for the amazing game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, folks and folks, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to today's <laughs> game of Who Runs the World? Girls! Girls! Thank girls. you. That was a bonus point for Emily and Lucy because they answered it correct. I Adam. said girls as well. Oh, okay, fine. Thank you. It's International it Women's Day, Adam. <laughs> stop, stop trying to there make There was a conviction. Okay, so this is going to be a quiz to test your knowledge on the women... The women around the, the world. Women. Oh, okay. Of all <laughs> women. Okay. Women. It's covering <laughs> okay. history. Shit. It's covering <laughs> politics. Big shit. It's covering <laughs> pop culture, I think. Okay. There's like one pop culture question, okay. and it's not even pop culture. Yeah, but Beyonce. we'll get, we'll get to it. is Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys ready? No. Are okay. we doing buzzer sounds or what's the vibe? Um, Hand up. You know what? You guys take too long answering Hand questions. Up so I'm going to give you five medium. seconds. And then, and then take it in turns. Okay. You guys just okay. give me your answers. And we'll cut the five seconds so it'll be instant for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners at home, play That's along. Um, That's extra work for How many do I have to get to be a feminist? What's the line? I think every single one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You can be a feminist. If you guys, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can By be a feminist so of sex. Don't know of right. And gender identity. <laughs> of course. I'm just a dumb I have feminist. A woman. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. Question one. <clears throat> in what year did it become illegal in the UK to sack a woman from her job for being pregnant? Oh, uh, 78, 1978. Um, answers. Or A. Oh, there's options. I don't know that. Oh, you can, can give your answers. I think so. Okay. Give me your answers. Oh, <laughs> I'm not being funny. I don't have a blooming clue. I would quite like those options. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A. 1930. Mm. B. 1937. C. 1975. 83. 75. 83. Uh, I'm going to say 83. Dun, 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 dun. 1975. Oh, I was, can I just say, I was Emily, so close. Emily, you're better at being a woman than me. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Official. Thank you. Emily's a better feminist. <laughs> Should I write down the scores or are we... You've got one. I've we've got, got one. none. Just remember. I'll hold okay. a finger, finger up. up. For everyone listening at home, Emily's holding a finger up. Question two. Woo. Due to the gender pay gap, on <gasps> what date in the year do women effectively stop earning and start working for free? November 23rd. This is from 2017, so it's a bit dated, but okay. Do you remember the statistics? I said them earlier. Yeah. Oh, no, not 2017. Okay, forget that. A, 23rd of December. B, 10th of November, or C, 24th of November? 24th, 24th November. November. 24th November. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. 
10th of November. Stop it. Uh, yeah, it no. Oh, earlier. Has it got later since? Yeah, it must I have got I think it might uh, have. No, uh, yes. Thank you. I I'm appreciate actually, that. I'm really <laughs> bad at this. Appreciate that. Okay, <laughs> question three. This one I'm not going to give you options because I feel okay. like you I might. Keep Am I winning the options then? Anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, yes. got one still. What country has the highest number of female parliamentarians worldwide? <sighs> Parliament. Parliamentarians. So it's, just, it's a parliament. Parliament. Like let's Men. just say lower yeah. chamber parliamentarians. I, I want to say I think it's Canada. I think it is Taiwan. Ooh. I'm going to go like okay. Scandinavia, like Sweden. The answer is Rwanda. Wow. Oh, this is actually Can, something I yeah. did want to talk about is that like equality, Rwanda is the most gender equal country yeah. because of the the genocide, like all the men were killed. So they were like, right, we need, we need some people to fill these male jobs. Who should we have? And it was women. So actually, yeah. wow. I'm not shocked by that. So even... Like I think the last time I checked was 2019. I think it's still the same, but um, wow, yeah, I did not know that. yeah, I yeah, think you love to see it. It is fascinating. Yeah. Unfortunate reasons, but maybe we should it. send those asylum seekers. 63.8 percent of their lower chamber were women. Wow. So that's in a the lot. words of Lizzo, it's about damn time. <laughs> oh, okay. Question four, five. I don't know. We're four. Sorry. We're four. In 1921, the Football Association passed a rule affecting female footballers. What was it? A Girls had to be 12 years old before they could start playing football. B, women were banned from playing on FA grounds, football association grounds. Or C, women were allowed to play in men's teams. No, it's the FA grounds. They were banned yeah. from FA grounds. I think it's FA grounds as well. Okay, the correct answer is B. Yeah. Whoa. I'm on two. I'm I mean, it's now. not something to yeah. be... Wait. Unreal. Yeah, women were banned. Like, yeah, they let's not cheer, guys. Oh, cheer. Women were banned from <laughs> no, playing. No, they couldn't. Grounds. Women could not play on men's pitches. That is the anti-slave. Also, because they were like, uh, there's massive mass sexism, obviously. But like, it's it's like they're like, oh, you can't play on the men's pitches. They have to have their own pitches. And it, you still see it now with with football teams. The the women's like how the, the on International Women's Day? How are we talking about football? <laughs> like. This is one. Sorry, that was my fault. I'm literally, talking about it to do with like I literally hate football so much. Uh, there are women that don't. Every, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't speak for all women. I'm so, right. Can there we are move certain on? clubs where the men and women's teams <laughs> still play on different pitches, <laughs> is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Even now. <laughs> are we done? Yeah. yeah done. Football <laughs> over. Carry on. Okay. I'm on. I'm on two. Two points. Else? One. Terrible woman. Are you on, on one. You're on one. Okay. Which country has the lowest female representation in parliament? In 2019. Well, it's not oh. Rwanda. <laughs> yeah. The UK. I'm gonna go the UK. No. It's like, the, it's like 30%. Like Afghanistan. Like, <laughs> that's not a part I'm of gonna that, say this, I actually think I'm wrong. North Korea. Okay. Yeah, something like that. person. Um, There's no I don't know. Let's go, I'm, shall I, I'll just go with Scandinavia again. I know it's not true. Sweden, <laughs> fuck the it. The answer is Yemen. I feel like you guys oh, yeah. uh, You know, I, I feel like I did know that. Yeah. yeah not to, okay. I don't know if their parliament like, actually like, functions. Yeah, man. I'm not going to lie. I feel like if we're putting Yemen in there, we have to also have North Korea because North Korea is literally It's, it's not a parliament though, is it? Yeah, but, you know, government. And neither is Yemen. But how do you define parliament? Don't. Some oh my God, we're not getting into Ontologically. Into <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, next question. Oh, this is a bit of a deep one. What is the average proportion of women globally who will suffer violence from a man or male partner in their lifetime? 
I'm going to give you options for this. This is yeah. not a quirky question. Well, I know, I but like. listen, the viewers, the listeners need to yes, know. They do. There's, there's viewers. <laughs> a, one in three. B, one in five. Or C, one in two. Oh, I'm going to say it's one in three. I think I one really in, hope I'm wrong. One in three. I'm going to say one in three because I don't want it to be one in two. Yeah. Yeah, it's one in three. Okay. So. I'm, I'm not Sorry, really that was a really, a really <laughs> big downer on the game. But <laughs> Fucking hell. We're going to change <laughs> yeah. it. No, it's a day for reflection, though. It is a day for reflection. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. And also, Sorry, I'm sisters. thinking, like, one in three. There, there are three women but, here that I was well. just about to say there's like, three women in this room. Like, yeah. four women in this room. One is not on the pod. Hi, Charlotte. Shout out. <laughs> 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 I really hope the microphone picked that up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll boost it. <laughs> okay. Next question. In 2016, what proportion of the top 250 films in the US were directed by women? Okay. 250 films? Yeah. Okay. The top 250 films. A, 1%. <laughs> 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 B, 5%. That's a lie. Or C, 7%. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's 1%. 1%. 250. I'm going to say five because um, also Greta Gerwig's done some good stuff. Olivia Wilde's had some big films. I think I think it might be five. Yeah, but will they be in the top though? I think so. I, w- I would be fair. I thought you were going to say like 0.5%. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going 1%. I'm saying five. I am, yeah, living in also, the Even if it's not 1%. It's I can 1%. win if I get the different answers. If we all agree, then I'm not going to be able to win. So. Shall I tell you what the. Wait, what's your answer, Lucy? 1%. It's actually 7%, oh, shit, guys. Yeah. You know what? Maybe Big we don't need women's day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I actually feel like it's a hate crime that it is 7%. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the fact that we were happy get. with 0.5% as an answer like, yeah, is no, kind of shocking. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, do you better? Enough. Okay, last question. I think, okay. We I should, think. We should, whoever gets this win should win this one because otherwise Emily wins. Okay. Wow. <laughs> On International Women's Day? You're going to take this away from me I'm after my amazing segment on the gender <laughs> pay gap. I put in so much effort. Listeners, Adam keeps giving me tasks. <laughs> I have taken it in my stride. I did not book a room for today, but it didn't matter because no one's here anyway. And you don't want me to win the quiz. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel pretty good. I, don't, I, just don't wanna, I think it's more interesting if there's a, a bit jeopardy. You know, who's going to win the quiz? What's the scoreboard now? I'm winning. Emily's on two, we're both on Adam one. Adam doesn't like it. Okay, this one, there's double points. <gasps> That's what I want to hear. Um, and I'm going to give you a backstory. Um, so, Fatima bint Mohammed Al-Fahira um, Al-Qurashia, <laughs> sorry, I butchered that, I'm really sorry, was <laughs> a Muslim woman who was who founded the world's first university in 895 CE. Unbelievable slay. Huge slay. Big slay, Shout out to her and her family if they're listening. Come on the pod. In which African country was the first university in the world founded? Ooh, is there options? I feel like I want to give you guys options, but also, okay. quite a few countries in Africa. Yeah, fine. (laughs) We might be here Um, a while. We could just go around and guess. I'll give you four options. A, Morocco. B, Egypt, C, Senegal, or D, Mauritania? Yeah, Mauritania. I'm going to say Mauritania. I'm going to... I don't think it's Morocco. And I have no... Uh, It's Morocco, no. No, it's not. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Egypt. I'm going to say Senegal. It's Morocco, yes! Oh, so we all got it wrong. So I win. So Emily Emily wins. wins, Fuck you, Adam. Why did you you guys think it wasn't Morocco? 
Because Morocco's not very progressive right now, is I it? I didn't have a strong opinion either way. It was, <laughs> I, I was like, it was like a second choice, but I was like, I think Senegal. I don't know why. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought I've I've heard about Mauritania being quite a, like before it was destroyed and invaded by us horrible colonialists. It was quite like a quite a haven for like the culture. So I th- I, mean, I didn't really know, but I, I thought that. So yeah. Well, uh, so that was that was it. Do you guys want a bonus question? Oh, oh yeah, go, go on. on. No, no, don't give Adam a chance. <laughs> for a penny <laughs> and for a pound. Like. Is it what percentage? I can't win. Don't worry. What percentage of engineers are women? Oh, Shout wow. out my engineers, my women instead. Um, Shout out to Andrea. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna give you guys an option. Um, so just tell me off the bat. What percentage? I spent like four percent in it. Four percent. Um. Ooh. They, you know what they bloody Jesus! Oh, sorry, I'm quite hungry now. We've been doing this for a while. I'm going to say I'm going to say three percent. The answer is I'm not actually sure how dated it is, but apparently it's eleven percent. Hey, I win with ten. Woo! I can confirm now that the um, I'm the best woman. I think. Yeah, <laughs> the greatest woman at the table As is, is Emily. As once said, Ray. I'm every woman. <laughs> I'm happy for you to speak on behalf of me. <laughs> <laughs> Granddaughter guys. of Sue Gray. Um, I'm not. Well, yeah, no, I am. I am, but not that one. Fake news. No. Um, so yeah, that was it today. Thank, thank you, you for yeah. Thank you for listening. The game. Um, thank you for letting us talk, Adam. <sighs> thank you for the platform, Adam. <laughs> guys. <laughs> Thank you. We owe everything to Adam. Yeah. Um, no, where would no, we be without Adam? No, no, <laughs> no. Stop. Thank you, the all. rising star. It's <laughs> been it's been delightful. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. I've yeah. loved being here. Thank you, Adam. It's been thanks for truly making the amazing. trek up to campus in a smoking car. Hey, <laughs> I feel like my mum. Just just so you know, Brian is fine. Okay, there it, there was some steam. I don't think that Brian is fine. No. My <laughs> car, my family car has been on fire, and Brian was looking the same as the family no. car before <laughs> it went out. Uh, <laughs> Let's gonna, wrap this up. Thank you so much. I'm gonna get such a nervous text now. Be like, Adam, what's going on with Brian? He's fine. It's He's not, fine. But also, your mum won't hear for two days, and this by then, Brian will. By then, be you'll know. He's dead in the water. <laughs> Thank you to our lovely guests, Samaya and Lucy, for coming on. I'm sure they'll both be back probably next be week. Be back, am I yeah. a guest or am I just an oh. employee? Yeah. Like, oh, my guest Samaya is an I'm employee. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Put some wow. respect on my yes. name. Fact, out, Emily please. made me a guest at the start. Of oh, yeah, you're right. so. yeah, but you're a man. Today, of all days, <laughs> <laughs> <you're laughs> <joking. laughs> on International <laughs> Women's Day. I'm not being funny. Adam, aside from you, if any man tries to speak to me, I'll be like, silence! <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll go, was he silent? Or, or was, was he silent? silent? No, he was silent. He was shake. silent. Right, this is the end of be. the pod. I want to have a snack. So, okay. goodbye um, and goodbye. Night. See you next week, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of Any Politics. Uh, we tried to make up for the fa- for the lack of a game last week with a bit more discussion and obviously a game at the end today. So thank you for listening. Um, Any Politics is produced by me, Adam Wright. Uh, it's hosted by me, Adam Wright, uh, and Emily Gray. Uh, today's guests were Lucy Aitchison and Samaya Ali. And Any Politics is a University Radio Bath production.